as I'm thinking about God loving us and we're saying we love God, the Bible says that we only love God because he first loved us. What a reassuring truth to know and to have this morning. Um, excuse my Baptocostal self, but I got in the spirit of worship. So um, I want to call your uh, prayerful attention this morning to Psalm 34, the 34th Psalm, as we continue our series and summer in the Psalms. And um, how many of you have been blessed thus far by the sermons, by the sermon series? Amen. I only see one, two, three. How many of you have been blessed thus far by the word of God? Amen. Amen. Last week we had a powerful word and, and the week before that and the week before that and hopefully this week I will not let, I will not let you down. Amen. Um, if you have your Bible, join me in Psalm 34. I want to read um, the entirety of the psalm. I think I have my ESV Bible with me, but I think in PowerPoint it's the um, the NASB. Could you put up the PowerPoint for me for the verse for the for the Psalm 34? Amen. There you go. If you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reverence of the Word of God? We're going to read all 22 verses. By the way, you can never read too much scripture. Amen. You can cut worship, but don't cut scripture. Amen. I, I wish I had a witness. Amen. My, my boy, my boy. Amen. My son in whom I am well pleased. Hear now the word of God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. They, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved them out of all of his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Verse 8. Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. I wish I, can I say this again? Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord. You is sent. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Are you guys hearing the word of God this morning? Uh, verse 11. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoer to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. Can I read this again? The righteous cry the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit last last few verses many are the affliction of the righteous but the Lord delivers out of them all he keeps all of his bones not one of them is broken evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of those who, who take refuge in him will be condemned. The word of God for the people of God. Would you bow and join me in prayer? Father, your word is already blessed. And we thank you for the power of your word. Father, this morning, would you please speak to our hearts through your word? Father, if there's somebody who's discouraged, may they be encouraged to know that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. If there's somebody who do not know you, 
May they hear of the fear of God this morning. If there's somebody who's been fearing men, may they switch not to fear men, but to fear God. Lord, speak through me. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable unto your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock, my Savior, my Redeemer. It's in the priceless name of Jesus we pray. And you just say amen. Amen. As you take your seat, say, test and see. You, you may be seated even in the presence of God. One of my favorite worship songs is by Kurt Carr. And, and Maestro, um, the, the Young Adults Choir used to sing that song. Since I've been back, since we don't have choir <laughs> in the pandemic, I haven't heard it. But I love to listen to that song. The words goes this. I've got so much to thank God for. So many wonderful blessings. And so many open doors. A brand new mercy. Along with each new day. That's why I praise you. And for this, I give you praise. I'm trying to contain myself not to sing. I've got so much to thank God for. So many wonderful blessings. And so many open doors, a brand new mercy, along with each new day. That's why I praise you, and for this I give you praise. Psalm 34 is a psalm that echoes something similar to this. But except that, as I'm thinking about the praise of the song, the subscription of the psalm messed me up. Somebody says subscription. Subscription is the title of the sum, what they put in the sum to give you the historical context of what happens. In our sum, Psalm 34, the sweet summons of Israel, the one, the King David, the one who was a nobody, nobody looked at, but the one that God chose and the one that God says, that's the man after my own heart. But see, I love the Bible because the Bible does not hide the shortcomings of the heroes of the Bible. Y'all missed that. The Bible, the people that we revere, the people that we elevated, the Bible showed them in their flaws as well as in their success. And David is no different. David is a man just like you and I. David messed up. He seek God and God delivered him. Now, here is the thing in Psalm 34. If you take the subscription out of Psalm 34... The song sounds like exactly like the song we just uh, um, I alluded to. Because you don't get the context because it sounds like, oh, this is a guy who was in trouble and God delivered him. And, you know, we praise God for that. But if you are ethically um, sound and you are looking at the subscription, which we don't usually look at, you would say, wait a minute, how can I praise, how can I praise God in this psalm when the context of the psalm seems to be deceit. You still got your Bible open with you? Go on Psalm 34. Look at what says on top of the subscription. Can you project that for me, please? Subscription. Can you put the subscription? It says, a psalm of David when he pretended madness, when he pretended to be crazy before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. That may not mean much to you. But that messed the whole thing up. Because if you are looking at this, David pretended to be crazy. Then the king released him and David now wrote Psalm 34. If that's all you see, then there's no way that you can say God is asking us to praise him when someone lied or pretended to do something that they're not supposed to do. And God says, well, here, here's a sum of praise. Go ahead and praise God. You're, you're, you're still not with me. You're, you're, you're not hearing me this morning. I'm going to mess up some 34 for you for, for, for the rest of your life. Because it shows that David pretended to be crazy. And here it is. By the way, whenever you read most of the Psalms David wrote, there is the context of it in First Samuel or First King or Second Samuel or one of those one of those, those books, and this one is no different because in First Samuel, 
This is when David is running from Saul and David is basically at his wit's end. David has no more options. And David went to the king of Gath, right? And David hide, David went to hide there. He pretended he, he hide knowing that they're not going to see him, right? But see, here's the problem. Gath is where Goliath came from. Who killed Goliath? David. See, when David, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this quick for you because I, 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 but I want you to understand this. When David about to kill Goliath, David said this, I don't need no sword because I got God on my side. And then now David got to a level to where that David is going to where Goliath came from to hide. Upon David getting there, what happens? They recognize David and they said, whoa, that's King David, the one that the women of Israel says Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. And they said, that's that guy. In other words, that's the dude. That's the man. See, I, I, I got one kid. I said, that's the dude. I got one kid. See, I got one body. Somebody's attention. Amen. David is that dude. David is the man who killed Goliath, our hero. So then now, the king of Gath, his name is Ashish, right? The king of Gath placed David under house arrest. And now David realized, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm done here. My life over here is done because they know who I am and they know what I've done. Now I got to do my thing. I got to do something to get me out of here. And David, we what did he put it in to do? He drew, he write on the, like, you know, like, like, like zigzag thing over on the wall. And David pretended to be crazy. Now, the king says this, I have enough crazy people around me. I got no business for this guy. Send him away. Still, that is the context upon which people think the sum is written. If that's the context upon which it's written, you and I, in good theological background, there's no way I can tell you to praise God with David because he just lied his way out of trouble. The, the Bible never says that. The, you, you heard the verse that says, the poor man cry and the Lord deliver him from out of his trouble. It then says the poor man lie and the Lord, it, it, that's not what it says. It says cry. But it appeared that David lied. Are, are you all with me this morning? Can, can, can I teach the Bible? But see, there is a pattern of behavior that preceded how David even ended up lying uh, um, out, his way out of uh, um, Gath to be delivered. But see, here's the thing. There's a parallel I want you to do as I'm trying to teach this text this morning. There's the fear of men and there's the fear of God. David, upon David rise to notoriety, David had a fear of God. But what happened is when Saul became jealous of David, David now began to be afraid of men because David is on the run so Saul don't kill him. You know how David was afraid of men? David is the son-in-law of King Saul. He married to Michael. I don't know how to say that in French. Michael? Michael, right? David is married to Michael. And Michael is Saul's daughter. Do you know David had Michael lie to, to, to her father? Another, because Saul trying to come to kill David and David got out from the window, right? David got out of the window and then pretended to make a, like a, a, a dummy on the bed. And then when, 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 and then when, when Saul asked Michael, why is David? She said, he's sleeping. And then when Saul hit the spear, it was a dummy. Watch this. Watch a pattern. Watch a pattern. So David had his wife lied so he can be saved. And think in the context of fear of men. Number two, Jonathan. David was supposed to show up for festivities at the king's table. And David told Jonathan, by the way, um, tell, my, tell your daddy that I, I'm away on, 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 on sacrifice. I can't make it. So Jonathan lied to his father. Are you, are you guys seeing a pattern? Because the fear of men produced a pattern of deceit and violence. And see, David now, David who fear God, because now David moved from fearing God to fearing men. So David now is lying his way through life. And you're going to see even violence came from David, came about David. Can, can I still teach the Bible? Oh, oh, I haven't given you guys reference. Um, 
By the way, just read 1 Samuel 117 to all the way to 26. Just, just read 1 Samuel. That, that's, this is all, this is where I'm at. Just, just, just so you know, those of you who are taking notes. All right? So now, check this out. David went to the priest, the high priest, Ahibimelech. Right? David went to him, and David said, David got to him, he says, the priest says, what are you doing by yourself? David says, oh, I'm about to meet some of my guys. And David said, give me some of the food that was designed for sacrifice. And David even took the sword that he had killed, uh, uh, um, Goli- uh, um, the, the sword that, that cut off Goliath's, uh, the Goliath's sword. David took it. Now, and guess what? When Saul found out that David had met with the high priest, did you know that Saul killed the high priest and 84 other priests, including uh, uh, also with women, men and women and children, and even animals, because Saul was enraged because he wanted to kill David. I'm telling you what happens when you feel men and you get in a slippery slope, because even David admitted that those blood were in his hands. So because David now is hiding and is conniving and is running, is making his way, and, and as it goes forth, because now it's about conniving, deceiving, and David is making his way. So now David came to a place in his life where all of this keeps happening. Um, and David come to a place where he realized that, wait a minute. Now David even said, he went to the Philistines and said, I'll make alliance with you and I'll fight Israel against you if you let me hide in your quarters. And even then, when David go to fight, David fights, he kills Philistines instead of killing Israelites, even though he said he was going to do that. So David is all over the place. Can I stop here parenthetically to tell you this? Nowhere in the Bible it says that the fear of men brings about blessings. See, I know who I'm talking to. Whether you are a seven-year-old kid, whether you are a 55-year-old man or woman, I'm telling you this, if you feel men, you will begin to compromise about every principle in your life. And I'm so glad that the Bible does not hide the sins of its evil like we do our sins. Because there's no way that you can learn if it's not exposed. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. You'll be a fool to try to repeat David's mistakes. So the, the, if, if, if there's something you can take along the way, as I'm teaching this, if there's something you can take, don't fear men because that's not going to bring you anything. Fearing man has not changed any person's life. Fearing man only lead you to compromise what you believe in. So now, David, so Psalm 34, if that's the context of Psalm 34, it makes no sense. It makes no sense for us to understand this. You cannot understand Psalm 34 without some, without getting, uh, uh, um, Psalm 56 into the picture. Psalm 56, you gotta get Psalm 56 into the picture because Psalm 56 gives you the backdrop of what David has done that requires Psalm 34. In other words, theologians believe that Psalm 34 was written, it's almost like 1 Samuel 21, then Psalm 56, and then Psalm 34. Yo, 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 are, you, are you guys with me? Here's the thing. The subscription, you're gonna know, you're, you're gonna know something, you're, you're gonna remember the subscription now. The subscription of Psalm 56 says this. To the choir master, according to the dove of far off terebinth, a micum of David, when the Philistine, when the Philistines seized him and Gath. Are you guys with me? So that Psalm 56 preceded Psalm 34. Because in Psalm 56, David realized that he was afraid of men. And David says this, based on the event of David's life, David sees the folly of fearing men and from which God, he says this, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, God. This is verse 3 and 4. And Psalm 56, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you, God, whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. So now David is confessing, realizing this. He has been afraid of men and realize this, when you're afraid of men, you compromise. Whomever you're afraid of, that's who you trust. Are you guys with me this morning? Whomever you're afraid of, that's who you trust. David says, you know what? It goes on in, in, in verse 10 and 11 in Psalm 56. It says, it says, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can men do to me? I know school's going to start in a month and a half. 
And some of you are going to go to public schools where they teach things that you don't agree with and, and, and you're going to want to compromise. And I know you go to college, you go to universities, and then they're going to be teaching things that you want to compromise. I know at your job, they're going to make the funny joke about marriage, about this, and you want to compromise. Here is the thing. Whether you lose the job, whether you get kicked out of school, what can men? Somebody's helping me preach. Amen. Men can do nothing to you. And this is what Psalm 56 is where David basically confesses his sin, realize that all along I've got it wrong. See, see, can I, can I teach you something here real quick? It is possible for you to start fearing God in the beginning and somewhere in the middle, you kind of lose your mojo, lose your way and begin to fear men. And, and this morning, I would want you to check your heart. I would want you to check your heart because would it be at the job? Would it be for social, in your social circle? Would it be in your environment? Are you fearing, are you begin to degrading? Are you begin to slowly eroding? Like it's almost like, okay, hey, you, you, you look, look, I'll put it to you this way. You ought to be the Christian that you are at your job, uh, but, 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 you know, at your job, some of the jokes that they make when they see you, they stop. You ought to be the party pooper. You ought to be the party pooper at your job. When they see you, oh, oh, oh. Because if they are not uncomfortable when they see you, and you are comfortable when you see them, <laughs> you've compromised. And David says, what can they do to me? So then, when you read 1 Samuel 21, 12, David took these words to heart and greatly feared King Ashish. It was David's fear of Saul that prompted him to flee um, to Gath, to seek protection under the Philistines. Could you imagine, like, you are running away from from what God can do, and you're running away from the very people that hate God. I know some of you this morning, that's probably how you feel. You're like, wait a minute, church is full of hypocrites? You know, I, I'm done with these people. No, listen, you are the church. This is just a building. <laughs> this is just brick and mortar. You are the church. So, and that's why it's important for us to understand this. It's not about us, it's about God. It's not about us fearing men, it's about us fearing God. Because when you fear God, he delivers you. Ooh, I wish I, uh, I wish I had a witness. When you fear God, he saves you. When you fear God, he rescues you. When you fear God, there's nothing men can do to you. So now that you have that context, we can praise God with David in Psalm 34. There's two major movements in Psalm 34. Two major movements. David, number one, is saying to the, to, uh, um, to everyone, rejoice with me. You, you guys know, uh, what, traditionally, first Sunday, here, what are we saying after communion? Beni kolki mare kanu. Man, yo, 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 yo. Yo, too new age for me. <laughs> Blessed is the tide that binds us. Right? So, when one cry, we all cry. When one rejoice, we all rejoice. And see, here David is saying, Come and rejoice with me. Can you all rejoice with David this morning? Can you all rejoice with David this morning? Because in the first three verses, David says, wait, wait a minute. I am committed to praise God. I am committed to praise God. See, I don't know about y'all. I know we have the right light. I know we have the right atmosphere. But here is what I'm saying to you. There is got to be a commitment to praise God. It's not a commitment to wear the right outfit, but rather a commitment to praise God. And so David says, in Psalm 34, look what it says in the first three verses. I will bless the Lord at some times. Uh, oh, oh, wait, 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 let me, let, me, let me check. I will bless the Lord sometimes, at all times, all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. You know what that means? Whether I got the job or not, I will bless the Lord. Whether I got a kid or not, I will bless the Lord. Whether I got the promotion or not, I will bless the Lord. Whether I got into this college or not, I will bless the Lord. Whether or not I got dumped or, you know, be in a relationship, I will bless the Lord. Whether I got friends or not. Yo, 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 make me push all by myself up in here. Listen to what I'm saying to you. David, upon realizing that he's been afraid of men, he said, yo, listen to me. I will bless the Lord. And, and the word bless here is the same word Barak that we saw a few weeks ago, right? But in that context, it's used as kneeling. David says, I will forever kneel, bow down before God because I don't care what men do to me because I know in the arms of God, in the hands of God, I am saved. There's this good old song that says, in his arms I feel protected. 
Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever done. Not falling in love with my wife. Not falling in love with my friends. No. Falling in love with Jesus. Because in his arms, I feel protected. Can I tell you something? Your bear, your boo, your whatever may leave you, but God will never leave you. So, David says, I am committed to praise God at all times. Not sometimes, but all times. And he says this, not only this, watch this, watch this. His praise shall continually be on in my mouth. I don't get it how cussing. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there. I don't get it how vile language come out of your mouth. I don't get it. I don't, let, let me put it this way. I don't get it how those bad words and expression come out of our mouths. Okay, 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 okay. Maybe just my mouth. Let's put it this way. How is it that you are ready here to get the mic or lift up your hands, but oh my gosh, Monday through Saturday, if they filter your language, see, there's something you have to realize. In business, they said five-fold, life-fold. Right? I, 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 did a, I did a few uh, um, few semesters in business. I, I, before I became a theologian, I was a businessman. I was a banker. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Life-fold is lasting first out. Five-fold is first in, first out. There's something we say in, the, in theology says, um, garbage in, garbage out. In other words, when garbage is what you listen to, I got a witness in my son. When garbage is what you listen to, in other words, the music you're listening to, the people you are talking to, the shows that you watch, it becomes, your brain becomes what filters those garbage out. That's why you're around people, you cuss and it's no, it's no big deal. It's second nature to you. As a matter of fact, if somebody don't cuss, then you'll be like, what's wrong with you? But yet, you want to praise the Lord. David says, I made a commitment that I'm going to praise God and, and, and his praise will be in my mouth. So, and here's the thing. Can, can I parenthetically say something to you? I don't get your quiet worship, you know, you cross your arms and this is something David's saying out loud. Uh, uh, thank you, Wayne. Thank you for, I got a witness. This is opening up your mouth and I'm praising God. And watch what happened when David praising God. David says this. I, when you call upon him, he delivers you. This is still under coming to rejoice with me because he's now giving the reasons why. Watch verse 4 to 7. He says, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. And he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears. You, you see, you see a transformed man. You see a transformed man. This is not the same guy who asked his uh, wife, his brother-in-law, who caused 84 prophets to, to be killed. This is not the same God. He changed. He changed. Can I tell you something this morning? Those of you who are listening to me, whether you are online, whether you are here, here's the thing. Here's the good news. You can change too. And it's not something you have to do. If you said, Jesus, take my filthiness, he will make you as white as snow. So David changed because David says, I call upon God. So you want to change this morning? Call upon God. Some of you, your circumstance your situation has not changed. It's not because God is not able. It's because you have a call upon him. I love my God. God is not a dictator like Duvalier. I know there's one in this house. God is not a dictator like, like that. You know, I don't want to get into politics. But God enables you to call upon him. God lets you call upon him. So God says, if you call upon me, guess what? I'm always here. I'm always here. One of my, one of my friends, uh, when I was in college, you know, I call him wherever, wherever. He says, I'm always 50 minutes, 50 minutes away. He, I mean, I can't be in Miami. This guy's in West Palm. He says, I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to put his business out like that. He says, I'm 50 minutes away. 50 minutes away. But you know something? When I call, when you call upon him, 50 minutes may be two hours, but he, he's going to get there. Can I tell you something? I love my friend. But see, God... God is always there. When you call upon him, he's always near, he's always there to deliver his people. And that's why it says, not only that, when it says he delivers, but he stands right there around you. The angel of the Lord. I don't have time to get into theology, but there's something called theophany. When they, when they call about theophany, theophany is like an, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. So whenever theologian says this, whenever you see the expression angel of the Lord, that's not God the Father, but that's God the Son who make a pre-incarnation appearance. 
So in other words, Jesus was standing right there. Who can I tell you something? See, here's the thing. I know Jesus' name. His name is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel says, God with us. So can I tell you something? If you call upon God, God is always here with you. I know I'm getting all excited. I know it's first Sunday, you're Baptist self, but excuse me for, for I'm getting excited because the, the word of God is blessing me. Watch what happens in verse 8 and 9. As David says, rejoice with me. Now, there is a desire to share with others. David says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. This language here is a language of experience. And, and, and watch this again. I'm sounding like a broken record. David does not say to the people, go make the same mistake that I've made. No, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, here's the thing. When you think about taste, you see sense. See, here's the thing. You cannot taste God. God is not, I know, I know this Jamaican, um, not Jamaican lady. I know this Nigerian woman from Pittsburgh, Sister Caroline. Caroline. She said, she said, she said, see, see, she said, Pastor Perry, God is not like us Haitian Nigerian who likes eat, um, who eats rice and, and, and drinks, um, soda. Says, no, no, God eats the praise of his people. But see, here's the thing. Now, here, David is using a language to make, make it seem as if God is a food that you can taste. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I, can I, can I pause you for a second? When it comes to taste, you see the other senses involved. See, you taste something. When you taste it, you touch it. When you touch it, you smell it. See, you see all the, see how that, that, that applies? So here's the thing. When David says, test and see that the Lord is good, David is sharing his testimony. He's sharing a testimony and said to them, test and see that God is good based upon what I've been through. See, the Bible says in Romans 17, in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. See, how is it that you have a faith? How is it that God has delivered you from what he has delivered you from? How is it that God spared your life from the car accident? How is it that God spared your life from when the doctor says you were not supposed to be born? How is it that when they say you're not supposed to make it? How is it that when the odds are stuck against you, but yet here you are and you keep your mouth closed? And God. I realize I have to put some cruel in you guys. Alain Gramda and Grapum Badalue no Jesus of them. Moi son gelem de balade. C'est lui même qui te guérit moi. Ça c'est mon témoignage moi. Yo, yo, yo. See, I'm going to teach you cruel. How ungrate, how ungrateful. Thank you, thank you, Dickin. How ungrateful can you be if you don't pause for a second and st stop back and think and say, this is where God has taken me from. How many of you have said this? God, if you get me out of this one, I promise. All right, all right. You left the wrong room while you're in college. A month later, you'll be like, God, if I'm not, mm. oh, you feel some kind of thing. You're like, oh, God, I pray. I hope it's not some kind of disease, foreign disease in my body. God, I just lied to my boss. I pray that I, but you say, God, if, if you get me out of this one, I promise you, this will be my last one. Anybody besides the pastor, whoever? I, I, I know y'all, y'all saving, sanctify, and fill the Holy Ghost on first Sunday morning, but confession is good for the soul. But see, David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So the way the psalm is broken down, in the first part, David is actually giving thanksgiving. In the second part, verse 11 to 22, it reads like the proverb. It reads like the proverbs. If you pay attention, watch Watch, watch the progression of the psalm with me. Now, the second part here, number two, is that David says, learn from me. Can somebody say this with me? Learn from me. Not duplicate my mistakes, but learn from me. Because now you see David is beginning to say the fear of the Lord. Watch verse 11 to 22 with me. All right? So right there, verses 11 and 22, like I said, read like the book of Proverbs. Short, wise saying designed to help us live honorably before God. David did not want his experience to go wasted or forgotten. When we find ourselves in various situations, and that, you know, remember we have a psalm like Psalm 34 that we can sing. See, we learn that the fear of God, we're about to see this right now, the fear of God is no philosophical academic matter but the fear of God involves 
acting consistently with God's character and with his command. Let me break this down for you. Verse 11, and the fear of God, here we see the belief. It's belief because fear of God has a belief. Are you guys with me? See, it's belief. Watch verse 11 and 12. Come, oh children, listen to me. I will teach you. In other words, come, sit down, hear me out, and learn from me. You cannot teach the fear of God. There cannot be the fear of God if you are unwilling to learn. If you are unwilling to sit down, what did David preach about? In, uh, but, uh, 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 Bishop David preached uh, in someone. Blessed is the man who what, 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 what now? Someone, blessed is the man who walks not, talks not, sits not. Right? See, but David says, come and sit down and, and, and listen to what I'm saying to you. Let me teach you about the fear of God. Can I tell you something? The fear of God is not something that you learn on your own. The fear of God is something that you learn through discipleship. Life on life. You can't decide, oh, I'm going to fear God. How? Somebody got to teach you. And David says, listen to me. Come, listen to me. I will teach you. So the, 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 the belief is that he will teach you the fear of God. And, and now, watch this. Not only there's the belief, but there's the behavior. Verse 13 and 14. I promise you, I'm almost done. Verse 13 and 14. Now move to the behavior of someone who fear God. You see how you, you can't have a behavior without learning first how to behave. You, you guys, you guys are, you, you teach a kid on how to behave in public. They don't learn how to behave in public by just go to public. You say, you say, listen, 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 listen. We're about to go out. When we get to somebody, let me, let me tell you something. Can I, can I share something with you guys? When I was younger, when I was younger, my, my parents were still married at that time. And we went to a dinner. It was like, it was like this kind of, you know, big time dinner because I remember that we are, we, we were our Sunday best. And then so, but I remember the house like it was like yesterday. They had the live, they had the dining room was like somewhat kind of upstairs, this kind of open balcony area in the house, right? And then the kids, they had a little kids table down here. My dad, before we left the house, my dad says, to me and my brother, and my, my brother, I hope you, you remember this. I know you watch it. I do remember this. My dad says, um, you two, I don't care what they do. When they give you food, you do not eat until you give me a look and I give you a nod. And he says, when the food comes to the table, don't look at me and act like you don't, you, you, you fool. Like he says, don't act like you never, you know, you never see food in your life. Y'all can identify with that story, right? So then, um, and my dad now, what my dad did, you know, pray for my dad. What my dad did, my dad bet with the people that was on the table. And he said, I guarantee you, my boys will not touch that food until they look at me. And they will look at me maybe two minutes later after everybody has digging the food. And they give the food. All the other kids went, you know, like crazy. And my brother and I, we sat there because we know if we touch that food, you know how Monica said the boy's mine and then Brindy, our butt was going to be his. I know I did. I just did it myself. But we waited. Unbeknownst to us, when we turn around to look at my dad, all of his friends that were at the dinner with him, they were in awe looking at my brother and I thinking that we were the most well-behaved kids in the whole wide world. But all that happened because my dad instructed us on, if, on what we were supposed to do. If you think I'm talking about my dad and me, you, you just missed the whole thing. See, God has his word that instruct you on what to do. I'm so glad that it's not up to me, it's not up to somebody else, but there's the word of God that is placed to teach us on how to live. So now, here's what David said in the psalm. David says this, talking about the behavior. It says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Now I'm speaking from experience. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You see it? Can, can, can I break it down for you like this? In terms of three, I know it's in the PowerPoint too. Fearing the Lord consists of obedience that can be described both negative and positive. In negative terms, it says we are to keep our tongue from evil, tongues from evil, our lips from deceit, and turn away from evil. In other words, you can't, you can't be there and evil is taking place and you're still there and not do anything about it. You know, in other words, when they are talking bad about your sister, your brother, you can't be there. 
You, you, you know, you know, that, that, that's this thing I've, I've said all the time. If you got nothing positive to say, zip it. Because it's easier for us to say, did you see what she wear? Girl, mm, that's what she wore last week. Did you see? But no. It says, we ought to keep our tongues from evil. How is it that we are in church, we are in the body of Christ, with the communion together, but we have hatred towards each other? Not only that, we speak evil. That's why we have cliques. It's like, uh, mm, mm-mm, she ain't my friend. And y'all can't be my friend if you're friends with her. Nah, I don't work with that man. Nah, he, he, nah, he's not one of us. Nah. So then all of a sudden now you see the church look just like the world. We are canceling people out. Cancel culture did not come from the Republican or the Democratic Party. It's not in the church. We cancel people out. We're still doing it. But yet we woke. Oh, they cancel facts. No, no, please. Boy, be, be quiet. Girl, sit down. Before you print fingers at the world about canceling people, you, we, we've been doing it. That's why I tell people, I have no enemies. You know, I, I said this all the time. I don't get all the social cl- c- cues, social clues, cues, whatever it is. When people give me mean face, I'm still smiling. I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. I thank God for that. I think that's a gift from the Lord. People give me like mauvais gens. I don't see it. Other people see it like, did you see? I'm like, see what? I just said hi. She said hi. I just said hi. He said hi. Even though, hi. I don't, I don't. To me, that's just how that person said hi the, the day. But see, we have to protect our tongue. Did you guys know the Bible says this? Life and death comes from here. Even how we speak to our kids. Even how we speak to each other. Do we speak life or do we speak evil? Do we prophesy life and blessings over our, over each other? Or do we prophesy evil? Now, I'm belaboring this, but we also, in verse 14, it says this. We positively can see those three things, three other things as well. Doing good. Doing good. Do good. Seeking peace. You can't be a Christian and have what they call frenemies. No, you have seeking, seeking peace. When you see that sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so don't get together, instead of you choosing side, you bring them together. When you see the, the, the guys are, because he talked to my ex-girlfriend, I don't want to talk to him now. And you, no, man, listen. Move on. Life is too short. We can't be clicky. We have to seek peace. Because the fear of God did not say, you set, set aside who you want to be with. We are part of a body. Not only there's the behavior, the, 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 the beliefs, but there's the basis. And I'll give you the basis real quick. Verses 15 through 18. If you have your Bible with you, if it's your Bible, or if it's your app, underline the verbs. Those are all action verbs. Watch, watch, watch this. Watch this. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and his ears are towards their cry. Watch this. The face of the Lord is against those who um, do evil. To cut off from their memories, right? Verse 17 says this. When the righteous cries, the Lord hears and delivers. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves. You see it? In other words, the Lord delivers, the Lord redeems, the Lord hears, the Lord saves. Amen. The Lord delivers, the Lord redeems, the Lord hears, and the Lord saves. If you are listening to me, no matter where you find yourself, I got good news for you. Whatever pit you find yourself into, whatever, no matter how deep it is, whatever psychological problem you find yourself into, no matter societal problem you find yourself into, financial problem you find yourself into, relational problem you find yourself into, no matter how deep it is, I got good news. If you call upon the Lord, He can hear you. Not only He hears you, but He saves you. That's the truth. I'm not making this up. God not only hears, but he does something about it. You, you, you know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm bringing a little Kringlish up in here this, this morning. You look, look, somebody called you and said, oh, you know, oh, oh, I'm about to foreclose on my house. You know, oh, he says, well, my sister, my brother, let me pray for you. You got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. That's not here. That's that, that's not our God. See, we said, you, you hoarder all everything you got. You, you, you know, you know, that, 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 that saying I've heard people said, you know, there's somebody who, you know, there's a job opening at your job and like, Mm-mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna refer to you because you're gonna embarrass me. I'm not gonna refer because if I refer to you at the job, you're going to discover that I'm not who I, who I pretend to be. But see, God is different. When I got trouble, 
There's a lost song that I remember when I was a kid. L'homme qui a un problème, moi relève Jésus. Elle est courue, vini aider. Là qui est content, moi relève Jésus. Because when you are in trouble, before I call Clevens, when I'm in trouble, before I call Dave, when I'm in trouble, before I call Eli, before I call Mark, before I call my friends, my brothers, guess what? I better call God. See, some of us, we got it confused, we got it twisted. We don't like, we don't give God an opportunity for God to be God. What we've done, we call other people. And when we do this, we shortchange God. I'm done. Last one. Last one benefits. There's the beliefs, there's the behavior, and there's the basis, and there's the benefits. I want to close with this. I want to close with this. There is a prophetic word in verse 19 to 22. There's a prophetic word that happens here because David says something that if you pay attention, that makes no sense. David says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers out of them all. That's fine. That's fine. That, that's perfect. That's fine. It keeps all of his bones. Not one of them is broken. In a figurative level, in a literal level, the servants of God have been beheaded, have been martyred. That would make no sense right here. But this here is a prophetic word about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm a Baptist preacher. If you don't close with Jesus, you don't, you don't preach. Here it is right here. This is a prophetic word. Because if you go to John 19, 33, 36 with me, I believe I have it on the slide. It says this, upon Jesus' death on the cross, but coming to Jesus, that's when the soldiers come to Jesus, when they saw that he, he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And immediately blood and water came out. That was a sign that he was dead. Because one of the way that they came to see if people were dead automatically, if the people that was in the cross were dead quickly, is to break their legs. Because if they break your leg, then that it doesn't move, then you're dead. So, but now, here it is. John wrote in verse 35, And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he's telling the truth. John is talking about himself that what he has seen, what he testified is the truth. Y'all yo, yo, not feeling me, but I'm, I'm going to be excited all by myself. So that you may believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill the scripture. Not a bone, y'all just missed the whole Bible. Not a bone shall be broken. In other words, Jesus to be the perfect, the blem, the, 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 the lamb without blemish had to come and die. But David prophesied, you know, thousands of years before, that David did not even know what he was prophesying about, but they let him prophesy about the fact that Jesus will die on the cross. He will die to save us, but not a bone of his will be broken. Can I tell you something? Because Jesus died on the cross, because he did not break a bone, because of what he has done, I'm not afraid of nobody. Because of what he has done, you are not to be afraid of no one because in Jesus, you are protected. In Jesus, you are saved. In Jesus, you are okay. Now, you will say, Pastor Perry, you talk a whole lot this morning. How does, what does that, how does that have to do with me? Here it is. Two words. When it comes to fear of God, when it comes to you taste and see that God is good, two things gotta happen. God is talking to you right now. So you gotta respond. Application. You gotta respond. And see, God is not calling you to respond into a cult, into a religion, God is calling you to respond into a relationship. Pastors them preaching. Here is here it is. You who are listening to me, you may find yourself either two or three categories. One, you don't have any fear for God at all. Because you think fearing God is going into a religion. They're gonna tell me what to do, what I can't do, what to do what no 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 no. God says fearing me requires you to respond with your heart. And what I'm offering is relationship. That's the first group. Second group, you've been in church, but you fall on some hard time. And then you begin to compromise. You're in a slippery slope. You, 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 you're in a backsliding mode. But it, it's a mental backsliding. It's a, it's a, it's an emotional backsliding. It, 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 it's your character begins to compromise. God is saying, listen, just like David says, you still gotta feel me. And God is saying, respond. You respond by saying, 
I know where I'm at. Where I'm at, I'm on a slippery slope. And God says, the relationship that we once had, I'm still willing to take you back. That's the third group. That's the third group. You said, you know what? I don't have, I'm not backsliding. But God is still saying, you need to take your fear of me to a higher level. And what I'm calling you is this. If you feel me, if you mature in fearing me, there's a little one that's looking after you. There are certain things you won't do, not because you don't have the freedom to do it, but you don't do it because there's a little one that's looking after you. And because you fear me, you're going to teach them how to fear. So you're going to respond in that fear as a sacrifice because you want to not only deepen your relationship with me, but you want to bring somebody else with you. This morning, if you are in one of those three categories, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. If you're in the very first one, I want to tell you that Jesus is offering a relationship. If you were watching, if you were watching online, just type relationship. Just one word, relationship. We'll get back to you. Somebody will get back to you. If you hear, listening to me, you want a relationship with Jesus. You never had one. You've been in church, but you don't have a relationship. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I want to pray for you. Dick and Clevens is here. Dave is here. We're here. If you're in a relationship, just wave your hand. Okay? All right. Everybody's here. All your relationship with God. Praise the Lord. If you've been backsliding, if you feel like you are compromising, would you please stand on your feet? I want to pray with you. If you feel like you need some strength, you need to be strengthened, I want to pray for you. Would you please stand on your feet? Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Don't turn around. Don't be nosy. Is there anybody else that says, God, I need to respond. I need to take my relationship with you to a next level. If that's you, you said, I want to deepen my response. I want to, I want to, I want to commit even deeper. If that's you, would you stand? I want to pray for you. Father God, we bless you. We thank you, Father, for teaching us through Psalm 34 that we can taste and see that you are good. Lord, we thank you for your children that are standing right now. Father, we thank you for speaking to their hearts and they've chosen to respond. Father, would you restore relationship that was broken? Would you deepen relationship that was dwindling down for they need you for we need you more than ever Father we need you more than ever oh Lord don't let us fear men but let us fear God enable us to say what David says what can mere mortal do to me Father those who are standing this morning they are calling upon you right now and Lord, we know that not only that you hear, but you save. Not only that you hear and save, but you redeem. Not only that you hear, save, and redeem, but you deliver. Would you deliver them right now, Lord? Through the power of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. And just say amen. Amen.